right yeah. above the live button. You, you got to not let, like, not especially hit that. right before you broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, oh, you're ready let's to go, update. You're ready to go. Let's hit up. Oh, no. Like, oh, Windows crap. is going to shut my computer down. Dude, oh, do you know gosh. what gets me the worst is yeah. in YouTube Studio, Switch okay. account and Logout are right next to each other. Yeah. And I have hit that. And then there's no so many second. Times. It, it doesn't have a secondary command saying, hey, are you sure you want to log you, out? You know what, I, you you know what I've done? I've given up. I've given up using Google or YouTube multi-account logins. I oh, now man. use tabs in Firefox where you oh, can set it, different I, tabs for every account. Every account. And so my yeah. orange tabs are all of my some gadget guy stuff. And my green tabs are all of my old some audio guy stuff. And my blue tabs are my personal email address stuff. And, and I don't, I don't is... multi-account. The oh. only, the only thing I multi-account is on the best of our week YouTube mm-hmm. account. I do multi with, um, my some gadget guy. Some gadget account. Guys. Oh, the SGG. That, that's a quick toggle because, that I can yeah, kind of yeah. switch back and forth. But, but I'm, I'm just uh, saying, like, of all placements, whoever engineered that design there, not only yeah. not to have a secondary prompt saying, yeah. "Are you sure you want to log out?" To the, mm-hmm. "I'm trying to switch." Yeah. And well, and the one that usually yeah. burns me is actually like Google Docs. So anything, anytime oh. someone sends me something through G Drive or mm-hmm. a Google Doc, it's it's in that like, what account am I in? Do I have permission to view this? Do I need to switch this? Do I need to open up another tab? Do I need to re-log into this account? It is such a pain. It absolutely it is never is a pain. worked. But easily. do you know what is not a pain? Having everybody with us pain? this chat. Everybody Heck in yes. here is not a pain. We are Correct. early this week. Welcome back to the yeah, show. Yeah, we are. We wanted to see if you guys were paying attention. It is Wednesday. <laughs> it's a glorious hump day. We're getting over it together. What, Juan is sick as a dog. Absolutely. So you're going to hear my mic through. cut out a lot. But um, I promised everybody that I was not going to like clear my sinuses or cough while I even moved my mic a little bit lower than I usually wear it. <laughs> yeah. just so it wasn't like you guys weren't up my nose right now. Um, <laughs> it's always my biggest pet peeve when someone's like, I know I'm going to do this fun hangout live stream with my friends and eat this ham sandwich. It is not a mukbang, my friend. And miss miss me with that. That That is the fastest way for me to never watch your live stream ever again. So definitely you're not invited to the mukbang next week. So that's fine. Dead. Like I'm getting close already. I'm just gonna have okay. to snort here in just a second, and I promise everybody I will mute my mic before that happens. Okay. Well, I, I do want to say thank you for everybody for joining us. Obviously, we are a day early this week uh, due to some schedule conflicts, and of course, the biggest event in the world happened yesterday, where the world yeah. stopped. It literally stopped. My entire feed on Twitter was basically splashed with one color. And it is titanium you know, because that is the right color, my friend. You know what was kind of adorable is uh, I was I was on the Mastodons, and we talked about everything else. <laughs> there was there was some <laughs> Apple chatter, but a lot I mean, of people were also saying the independent of me. Yeah, yeah, there was a cadre of geeks who were talking about things like, I you know there should be antitrust or regulatory investigations into Apple not using RCS messaging. Here are all the ways that Apple has harmed their consumer. I mean, like, all the nerds were like, if we're going to talk about Apple, let's talk about Apple. There there was two camps, right? There was the... the camp that was excited, there was the, the camp that was somewhat curious, and no, I'm going to say two, and I'm like, so I'm going to list three. And then there was the camp that kept basically saying <laughs> haters are going to be haters. And I'm like, yeah, dude, 
I'm like, if you don't like the person's opinions or whatever, just either unsubscribe or mute, move on. Don't, well, if you don't I, want to see toxicity, don't show toxicity. We're, we're jumping right into this. I'm sorry. Just yeah, before we, we talk thing. about the specific, no, 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 let's do it. And because, because this is going to be a, a leaner show just because my voice will absolutely fail on us. Lean and mean um, on Wednesday's machines. <clears throat> Keep going, buddy. Heck Go yes. That, that was a, a rhyme time something anyway it's your time um, to shine i was gonna say friend. a rhyme time dime dime yam, yam. Yeah. i don't know that's that was awful it was an epic um, okay you should end it now like i used to be better at never mind <laughs> it was so, good didn't we like <laughs> Sorry. go ahead go so ahead. so you watch the keynote just first up don't explain products and settings and features and specs you watch the keynote how did you feel at the end confused a little bit and i felt okay. like that's fair uh, it, the the overall the, the general consensus of this i felt it was too long i felt confused Fair. a little bit that bit about mother nature felt so in, disingenuous to me that it just like should just <laughs> skip that conversation yeah. don't get me wrong I, I understand their purpose and i know what they're trying to do they're trying to be funny you know but i feel like if southwest southwest uh you know stewards or hosts can actually take care of it in a funny way let them do it apple sure. doesn't need to kick it in um, but a little bit confused. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, the, the product line this year, definitely, I'm not going to say there wasn't improvements, but at the end, I felt like I, I wasn't sure what the, what is new. Like the yeah. whole conversation was a little bit different. Yeah. So I, um, I, I'm, yeah. I, I don't know that I would use a word like confused, mm -hmm. but I feel as someone who has been sitting on the outside of Apple commentary, uh, pretty much since the iPhone 12. And who has been called a pervert by Apple fanboys because I've refused to cover Apple products because of things like their on-device content scanning scheme. Yeah. That mm -hmm. was later fought by the EU and Apple pulled because they finally admitted that there was no way not to turn that into a huge gaping security hole on their platform, which was why I was against it in the first place. But all the Apple sheep were calling me a pervert for not supporting it. Um I walked away from this one feeling a little underwhelmed. Okay. This is uh, getting into the iPhones. This mm -hmm. is our first year with new technologies on the iPhone, a new cable standard on the iPhone. They're, they're trying to, they're trying to manage the as well. Yeah. Some, some minor, minor redesigns. They're trying to manage an incredible transition to their ecosystem. That is a problem of their own making. Mm -hmm. And now that they're finally here, I don't feel, I don't even feel relieved. Like, I just feel tired that years after we all assumed that they would be looking at other, like, devices or maybe a portless iPhone would be the next phase of all of this conversation or something ben, ben, like that. Ben in the chat was saying that on Twitter before, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we, 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 we got to the end of this, and it, I, I just felt tired. I just felt tired that, okay, we're finally here, and Apple is doing this, and it's the right thing to do. But I, I think I'm just exhausted by the really pedantic and inane game that we've been playing in the media mm -hmm. where we only, we only get iPhone users to care about these features when Apple implements them. But then we, the media has been downplaying the advantages of all these features because they're not on the iPhone. And I'm really tired of that rigged conversation that we've been playing out time and time and time again. It's yeah. things like, I'm really appreciative to see a better telephoto camera sensor design. Yeah. But up to this point, literally up to like minutes before this keynote, 
if you had pinned someone on having more reach on the telephoto sensor, they would have like shrugged it off. Well, I mean, other phones can, can have better zoom, but I like the iPhone because this and this. And so, so like they actively dismiss and don't care about features until well, the iPhone justifying, gets them. They're justifying the purchase. They're justifying the ecosystem. Sure, 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 sure. They're vesting it. I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem with, like, a consumer liking their phone. That's not right. what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at are people who build themselves as technology reviewers, tech oh, enthusiasts, yeah, yeah. journalists, influencers, people at that tier. And there's always this half-hearted shrug when one of our other phones gets get something kind of incredible and then you're like, oh, but, you know, who's really going to use that? And then something similar shows up on the iPhone and they're like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. And you're like, if you cared about that feature, you should have cared about that feature regardless of what platform it was on. Exactly. And to me, the iPhone 15, especially the 15 Pro announcement, I think that's why I ended this so tired. Yeah. Was everything that we've been talking about for years now on camera sensors, on USB connectivity, on other, other things that make your phone a more powerful computer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy for iPhone users. They're finally getting some of these things. But if they cared about this stuff at all, especially if they liked the features on iPads at all, they would have been happier with another phone over all this time getting to play with that stuff years earlier. And I think that's what just makes me so tired now is like, now we're going to be spending the next couple months like explaining USB-C connectivity on phones to people. And there are some issues that we're going to have to deal with on cable standards and what cables are compatible with different charge rates and how to look that stuff up. But like all this time, we could have already been handling (laughs) those kinds of conversations. It's, it's just, it's just exhausting that now it feels like we're starting from scratch. Oh, no. Educating all over. Not only that though, I feel like we're also kind of like catching up to USB 3.0, like 3.0. We're, like, okay, welcome to 2020, what, 2020 at this point or 2021? So or, or... here's, so let, I mean, I, I was already, I, I asked you not to do this and then I kind of did it and people should say that I'm a, a scumbag for that. I was yeah, like, don't get too sure deep to into that, the specs the, and stuff. Yeah, put that in the comments. I, I need to see a list of Juan, Juan went scumbag in, in, in the live <laughs> chat in the comments here. Um, let, let's, let's jump in. I feel like the iPhones are really the meat and potatoes of what they had to announce here. And I, yeah. Yeah, no, no, and, I mean, and absolutely. So, like, I, I think everybody was I, I was actually it. just going to hand that off to you because you were already <laughs> starting to explain stuff. I, I started talking oh. about, like, camera sensors and USB ports and stuff like that. So that made me, that uh, no, made no, me it, break my own rule. It, it's not only that for me. The, the, the cons- okay, so when I said confused, I'll, I'll, let me clarify on that part as well. Because I think what I, what I meant to say is the, the confusion for me is the, the approach that was brought in. Obviously, Apple's not going to stand on stage and say, hey, the EU forced our hand. We're putting an iPhone, we're putting USB-C on this. They're definitely going to make it sound like, hey, we're finally harmonizing our ecosystem. That was actually but- one of my favorite parts of the iPhone 15 reveal was like, USB-C is an <laughs> industry standard. standard. We use it on our MacBooks and our iPads. <laughs> we never but use- check out all of our MagSafe connectors. Isn't that cool, guys? You can charge your phone wirelessly, or kind of. You yeah, need no, extra uh... pads and wire. No, 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 no. Hey, 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 USB-C, sure, sure, we get it. Yeah, it's a different yeah. case. But we sell a much more expensive way to charge your phone slower. Well, Isn't that cool? 
And and the weird part about it is the accessory the, the, for you to be able to get the full potential of it. And I'm not trying to criticize it. I, I we are going to go through the spectrum. We are going to talk about obviously some of the differences and improvements over the over the last generation. But the biggest thing that kind of stuck me there was that that was the one part that was one part of them. The other part was the lack of conversation over eSIM. Last year they introduced us to eSIM. They introduced us to the eSIM device. They announced it as an iPhone with an eSIM. And for the most part, the U.S. market is still the only market that has an eSIM-only version of this device. If you go to Canada, uh, so if you go to Apple Canada, you go to Apple Europe, all of them have a nano SIM plus an eSIM because that's how people should have their phone. They should have the ability of going wherever they want. But in the U.S., unless it changed, the only ways I was able to get it was with a dual eSIM support. It's a dual SIM support, but they're both eSIMs. Yeah. And that I felt like was like, this would have been the time for us to just harmon, you know, just keep everything together. You're specifically creating a, a skew of version of this device that sells mm-hmm. only in the US that is carrier locked. And then you're asking people to basically say like, okay, this is okay. But, but this is why we say, and, and again, it, this is where all of this stuff gets emotional and messy. It's the same kind of arguing that I have between Samsung fans and Samsung Knights. There are people who like these brands, but they can be reasonable to criticisms. And there are people who just fly off the handle the second they experience anything that is not confirming their bias and spoon feeding them what they want to hear. And this to me is one of those moves where it makes perfect sense from the most cynical application of Apple's business practices in the United States, mm-hmm. one of the things that they've always enjoyed is better positioning, better branding, and better advertising and marketing through carriers. Oh, absolutely. You go and- into a carrier store and you are going to be greeted by a little mini Apple store and other devices are not given the same kind of prominence. And so the best way to grease the wheels with carriers who are helping to subsidize the Apple ecosystem so people can own phones that they really can't afford, Mm -hmm. especially as we close in, the average selling price of an iPhone is almost $1,000. How many people do you know really get $1,000 worth of use out of their phone? Not very many. So to me, this is like, we should be able to call that out and say, this is the cynical application of Apple's business model to weight their relationship with carriers so carriers can do the heavy lifting at the ground floor to continue pushing apple products and services that doesn't mean consumers are really getting the best fit product for their needs and 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 it was more of a prominent presence on stage because it was discussed about the trade-in values and the trade-in the the amount of money you could potentially make on on trading in your device towards it but either way to the it's a song and dance. Every launch event is a song and dance. I want to be fair to every launch event that we we watch, we attend, we comment on. Oh, yeah. The fact I'm, that I'm it matters, not, it is upset. a song. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's a song and dance, and, and Apple tries to play the story in their favor. And I feel like at the end of the day... <laughs> that is so diplomatic of you. <laughs> well, because, because this is what I'm looking at it, okay? I, I want to be fair to the, to the conversation is... I obviously have concerns and I have issues with some of the things that were said. The fact that they stated having five cameras in reality, they have three cameras with two of them being digital zoom or mm-hmm. again, or lossless zoom if you jump into two X, but that's beside sure. the conversation. Uh, but I want to say, you know, I understand why they do what, they, why they say and what they're trying to do. Obviously they, they always want to take care of themselves, but from a consumer standpoint, when you're looking at it, this yearly cycle of conversations, uh, the 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 minor updates, the the slight changes, and then everybody, you know, again, it, everything gets 
launched and and I want to mm -hmm. get to that whole double finger thing at some point as well. I want to talk about the whole <laughs> training as sure. for Apple Vision Pro. That was funny. Um, like I was watching that one. And the moment he did that, I'm like, okay, first, that feature has been available for a while. But for you to make it sound like it's new is one thing. Sure. And the second thing, you're setting us up. You started the conversation by saying Apple Vision Pro will will ship in early 2024. You like, anyways. Yeah. I just wanted to say I understand the event obviously had a lot of good positive response. A lot of people liked it, but we we personally feel like this. you have to read between the lines to see the true picture. And we're going to talk about those, but we're going to obviously just start by first mentioning obviously what was launched, what was covered, what was talked about. Um, there was basically two two well, there was a Watch Nine series, and of course there was mm -hmm. the Watch the, the Watch Ultra, I think two, so the Ultra two, and the Apple Watch Nine. And then, of course, there's four versions of the iPhone, two 15s, uh, standard and a plus. And, of course, there's the Pro and the Pro Max, as we typically see. They continued the same conversation, which I, I will say this. I kind of like what they're doing with this. And I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like I'm like flipping you know, teams or something. Sure. I like that Apple releases two versions of their devices, not specifically the sizes and stuff, but they continued the mm -hmm. same SOC from the year before. They don't die off yeah. just because it's a year old. We've always you know, said that. You know, just an SOC being a year old, or even two to three years old, doesn't mean it's dead. No. That part, I, I kind of like what they do. I'll, I'll put that in there because that's one thing sure. I like. So there was those yeah. two. And as you mentioned, there was the new silicon that they actually announced, the Apple, uh, sorry, the A17 Pro. A17 Pro. Yeah, so they skipped Not the Bionic. 17. No. <laughs> Bionic it's has a been a pro now. Yeah, it's a yeah. pro. It's a pro. <laughs> and um, But it's not I love M that they had to, they had to like, try, <laughs> try it out. And you're like, oh, my gosh. One of the major components on this is our new USB controller. <laughs> Great, I I guess that is it was a big it, it, deal. It was the Wild West on... before Juan. The reality is yeah. nobody knew what was going on with the old stuff. It was a temporary <laughs> connector between the twelve pin conne uh, ribbon connector or the the old twelve pin connector. Uh, I forget the name of the old style, but dock connector was that what or it was something? Called? Yeah, something like that? all I, I remember is. Back then, the uproar over the fact that Apple went from one style connector to another and everybody panicking with adapters, it was a, obviously mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. Now we're better. Uh, see, this is, this is one of those things where I get really frustrated is that how many debates have all of us nerds been in about how terrible Lightning has been as a mm -hmm. proprietary solution instead of using an open standard? Oh, and absolutely. now look at how many articles are coming out where people are like bending over backwards to talk about things like hey, don't worry about the new iPhone 15. There are already game controllers that support this iPhone because it's using a, a universal, universal cable standard. Look it's at all of your phone. mass storage devices that can now be properly powered because lightning connectors couldn't power a flash drive before. But now you can plug your SSD directly into your iPhone. Don't, hey, guys, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And again... How many times have we run into... Well, I prefer Lightning because it's a more elegant or it doesn't have that weird pin in the middle or USB-C devices can break or blah, blah, blah. And that's always been bunk. Mm -hmm. That's always been oh, okay. untrue. And it's always just been a part of that conversation where because it was on the iPhone, we build it the better, it just works, consumer preferred solution. Not because it delivered a better experience. It was a more expensive way to charge people to do basic stuff. And we're finally having conversations now about file transfer speeds. Well, we've been, you and me, 
we have been talking about things like that since mm-hmm. USB 3 ended up on phones. And what have we always been met with? You still plug your phone in to transfer files? Why don't you just airdrop, airdrop and not be broke, yeah, bro? And you're yeah, like, yeah. Until you start, got to start moving some 4K video, which apparently all you iPhone Pro users are shooting. And it's that to me. It is that hypocrisy in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I am so happy for the end users because USB 3 on USB-C is the way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, but and now I've got to dig through the commentators that are going to now act like this is incredible. And you're like, we, we've had it. We've had this been doing it. This, this, this is this is literally what we were talking about two years ago when you were jumping on down. I know I'm with you. <laughs> right. It, it is an absolute times have changed. That's all I can say. Like times change and and size change and colors change. I guess maybe that's the best way to say it. Um, the couple of things that I will say, there was a point in the in the announcement or when they were doing the the the, the keynote and whatever when they were talking about redesigning the the, the notification toggle that little. Um, you know, the, the the on and off switch or basically on and off uh, yeah. thing that we had. I honestly thought for a, for a second Action there. I button. They, well, I actually thought they were going to go the, uh, the uh, OnePlus way where they were going to make it into three oh, buttons as opposed to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was like, oh, no, it's a button now. I'm like, okay, so now you can configure it. Okay, so like something like Sony used to have back in the day. Okay, I get it. Or maybe okay. even LG with their, you know, back sure. in the old days. But with that being said. I, I have one on my BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> i could i could I, not only that I, on my blackberry i could program every qwerty key In, oh that's to right to do something every keyword and the, it had an action button it had a you were able to assign a shortcut to every single key by long pressing the key you're right you're right i forgot about that part oh man I but but you know again yeah, yeah that never mattered because there's no there's no niche market for someone who would want a good communicator phone so features those features don't matter Having a programmable action key was never important till now. Now it and matters. Now, now it's the most important feature ever. Uh, the, the biggest, <laughs> if there was a few, way, let's just say this: if there was a way to make it into like hotfix, what were what are the new changes or the biggest things? USB-C is one. Uh-huh. We have the new notification, the notification, the new configurable button. That's you know what used action to be button. Called, action button. That's the best way to say it. Um, we have the new seventeen, uh, the A17 Pro SOC in there. The Pro Max has a has a has a has a better a new improved telephoto lens. Obviously, that's only yeah. on the Pro Max, not even on the Pro. So there's that. There's also that kind of they've they've done it where they've kept the best for the largest phone they have. Um, yeah. And then I'm trying to remember what other what what were some of the other like biggest things about the iPhone? I think there was like four, right? I, I don't like I don't the displays. You know, obviously we have two different sizes, small and big. There's Pro, Pro Max, Plus, mm-hmm. and regular. So those are pretty much like the general kind of. So, so I, first up, I do want to yeah. say I, I am positive on titanium as a build material. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely. wish we saw alternative. Uh, like, actually, titanium is cool. I do miss um, other companies playing with things like the stainless steel rails on LG V10. Mm-hmm. I wish we saw more companies playing with other materials to make phones out of. I, I get the practicality and like, oh, <clears throat> aircraft grade aluminum is good enough, you know, like, yeah, yeah. but there's something interesting about talking about the different experiences and the different uh, um, uh, material finishes that we that we can use. Oh, that was that. Um, I'm sorry. That was number five. It was the fact that they, they use titanium now The shift over to. the Well, the, 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 the build in general. I, I want to give Apple a thumbs up on the build in general because the titanium finish, I really like that. Mm-hmm. I like that they're working with that 
transparent ceramic. It's a new front-facing glass. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so again, as a competitor against like Gorilla Glass, glass which that's is, yeah. cool. If we have different material science on our phones, that helps elevate the entire industry and it gives us another high watermark for mm-hmm. consumer durability. And I also really like the new frame. Um, I, I, now, this is what I think we all need to keep an eye on. Apple's getting a ton of goodwill from the press talking about how repairable this phone is because they redesigned the back plate. And you're able so to now we need to see plane. Yeah, we'll see if to... we're able to more easily open this phone and repair things on it, is that going to to lend itself to a demonstrably lower repair cost? Because right now I think iPhones are still the most expensive phones to replace the back glass on because of the design of the phone. Probably. So I want to see they got they, that's a big claim. That is a big lifestyle consumer benefit claim. <clears throat> right to repair, easier to easier. Does, does that actually manifest into more affordable prices for consumers? And if it doesn't, then that means Apple got front-loaded positive coverage on repairability for doing nothing. And that's the kind of stuff that really drives me crazy is how much positive coverage Apple gets with the expectations of them just making it work and uh, giving us all the best updates and the software and the ecosystem. But then something doesn't really come to pass or they break something and there's no follow through. There's no criticism of them not realizing their goals or, or not delivering a benefit to consumers. So, because- so that that's the kind of thing like immediately, as soon as I see something like that and I'm positive on it, I am instantly also skeptical that it will actually deliver something. And I want to be pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. because I have so many family members that are on iPhones. And when they need to fix their phone, it can be very expensive for them to fix their phone. Oh, absolutely. They're not always in Apple Care coverage. There there is a slew of iPhone users that rock around with shattered back devices or shattered displays, and they don't fix them because the repair cost is not as as inexpensive as they thought of that originally subsidized device price. No, I get it. And it is... It's a pain. It's a pain for anybody that damages their device. I'm not going to deny the fact that I am... I have a disassembled Red Magic Six Pro or Six on my uh, on the left of me, because of a certain shattered piece of hardware inside of it that is apparently you know the phone is dead. But the long story is we we hope that it pans out. I'm hoping that it does actually help. But the concern with it obviously is the 15 is the first is the first one to show that type of design change. Not everybody's going to jump on the 15. There's going to be obviously you know it's a more of a a gradual yearly kind of thing. So we'll have to see after a few years. So I I wanted to get. Yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on this because you do more of the gaming coverage than I do. Yeah. I, people keep telling me that I, like, I'm excessively positive on mobile phones for gaming. Yeah. And that like no one should ever buy or really invest in Android or iPhone gaming because you can just buy a Nintendo Switch or a Steam Deck or an <laughs> Asus ROG or a Lenovo. And I'm I've for a long time, like I played through the first three cells of Dead Cells all on touchscreen. I, I actually had to relearn how to play the game when I started oh, playing the game on a controller. Oh, and yeah. You and me have both shared experiences, things like uh, Undead Horde, Twin Stick Shooters, stuff like that. So, A17 Pro. Yeah. Now we can play Resident Evil 4 on an iPhone. And I love seeing... Um, hold on, I, I meant to screen share here earlier because I've got the Apple website up. I yeah. love seeing a video game full screen on an iPhone mm-hmm. with a big old dynamic island chunk 
taken out of the display. I mean, that's what I love is seeing a floating island of inactivity and blocking elements of, of peripheral gameplay. I'm assuming also it also where blocks, menus. Uh, yeah, I was going to say also touch and maybe even the trigger maybe setting. You're going to have to reconfigure. But, but aside from me being real pissy about hole punches in my screens and one of the reasons why I think you and I are both fans of Sony's, um, what did you think about some of their claims regarding gaming performance? So the the performance, obviously, that we saw, they didn't really show us the the previews that we saw because a lot of the things I talked about are also coming early 2024. They didn't specifically say this is coming out next month. So it's not like somebody can go prove them right around the big hype part of it. All of this will come at the beginning of the year where people are probably thinking about other stuff. Um, I'll, I'll say that the improvements in gaming on, on iPhone has been going on you know, gradually. It hasn't really matched to the selection that we typically get on Android with the different games and the performance that we've got, we've received over the years with improvements. Um, Am I excited for iPhone gaming? I mean, for an iPhone user, if you are an iPhone user, this is obviously going to be great news if you're a fan of Resident Evil, if you're obviously looking for a better experience. To me, it really didn't make a big difference. For me, at the end of the day, the performance that we're getting here is a boost in performance. I feel like very, very few titles are going to be able to tap into right now. We haven't heard other than games being able to push it to that level. What's the point of going pro? What is that pro moniker doing for us other than having the dedicated GPU that seems to power a couple of games? We want to be able to get better production, uh, productivity type of solutions that actually pulls out of it. Because otherwise, when you take those two out of the equation, the phone does exactly what the 14 has been doing and the 13 and the 12. Been right, doing. right. But but you're, you're, you're framing this all in the context of phones. Now, in the Apple yeah. keynote, and, I, and I'm, I'm not directly quoting, but the, mm-hmm. the exact language that they used was that iPhone, yeah. not the iPhone, iPhone was the best mobile gaming device in the world. I laughed. I laughed so, at that point. There is, And no, I love it that yeah. we're talking about iPhone like we're saying Tim. Tim is the fastest athlete in the office. You know, Tim in our insurance office can run a quarter mile in like two minutes. He's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. That's not very fast. A quarter mile should be way faster than that. I, yeah. um, iPhone is the best. Yeah. The they yeah. didn't even say, they did not say iPhone is the best. They oh, said the iPhone best. is the. the best, not the, the, yeah, the like, they, like claimed, the Queen's it, English, man. the best mobile yeah. gaming device in the world. So um, qual- qual- everything you've qual- been talking qual- about here qual- just sounds like yeah. a hater who hates <laughs> mobile no, phone no, gaming. Look, look and the, you need to well, throw away your Nintendo Switch and your Steam Deck and your Lenovo oh, and, Legion, no, and your ROG that, Ally, and, and your and, gaming laptop. And our Razer Edge. because that, And that our Razer also, Edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm actually charging my Razer Edge for the trip. The, um... <laughs> the, 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 you know, we're not, we're, this is not new, right? This is Apple every year standing there showing charts. I'm surprised we didn't see the charts. I was waiting for yeah, charts. Yeah, there, there weren't. They even right. gave up on just the big, like, 73% better than something yeah, yeah, that we're not going to tell you. Like, they even they even stepped away from I, that. I waited for that. I waited and waited and waited, but no. So, no, look, the, the honest truth is, the reality of the matter is, you cannot make a claim like that till the same title and the same piece of, same things that you're showing or you're showcasing the improvement on can actually be demonstrated less less performance or inferior to your experience on other devices. So there, there is already a fallacy in the statement that they said. But of course, there's nobody going to stand in the, in the crowd and say, no, you're not. My, uh, you know, like, again, my ASUS is not, like, no. 
the reality is for 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 fans of iOS or for fans of iPhone, this sounds great for their experience from their point of view. If they've upgraded iPhone to iPhone to iPhone, they think they're and they're going to stick to iPhone from now till they're done with smart with smartphones. Yeah, this is the best iPhone ever. This is the best gaming phone for them. But the reality that that little asterisk was put probably somewhere in a document filed on a website because that's how it goes. It isn't. It isn't. Reality is so much more options and so much better experiences, more flexibility. Qualcomm literally just announced the second generation of the GTX that we both were playing with the yeah. Razer Edge not even weeks ago. Um and and actually, there was an article. I'm trying to find if I uh, our, our uh, Sasha, one of their uh, one of Qualcomm's PR, mentioned that I think Qualcomm is actually powering the modem on these devices now. Yeah, yeah. So well, Qualcomm, uh, I, I don't they, know if they, it's they, I know on they, on, but yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know exactly. And they never talking about what components they. Oh, they know, with. They we know mean, it's Sony camera sensors and Qualcomm radios and Broadcom Samsung, dis- and Samsung displays. And, yeah. Samsung displays, like it's but it's, it's iPhone. an iPhone, but the iPhone is made by a village. Um, the, uh, the we know, know they're in, entering into that partnership. We've, we've got a couple months, like Ghost Starscream is saying, who's willing to bet that the iPhone will heat up significantly within 10 minutes of playing one of these, uh, show, Absolutely. uh, showed games. Um, I actually have some, some high hopes for mm-hmm. a17 pro. It because seems of... to me okay. that oh, yeah, Apple is kind of stuck in a Silicon TikTok cycle. Okay. Where the A16 was not as consistent a, pro, a performer as the A15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, we went iPhone 12 with 5G and undersized batteries, but then the iPhone 13 brought bigger batteries and some performance and radio management improvements yep. that gave the iPhone 13 as, I think, the high watermark for high performance, but then also no, excellent what, battery yeah, life. One of the reasons why the 13 Pro Max is the guy. I am yeah. not like I, I don't think I don't think that's controversial, especially opposite phones using eight eighty eights and eight gen ones. Mm-hmm. The iPhone thirteen Pro Max is the battery champ battery of the champ, high performance, performance champ, premium tier performance. Absolutely. premium tier world. But then we get into the iPhone 14s mm-hmm. and the iPhone 14 plus is a better, more consistent performer where the iPhone 14 Pros when you start taxing the A16, that chip throttles more significantly than the A15 did. Yeah. So your consistent peak frame rates are actually lower on the more powerful chip. So this is actually kind of the thing. Like, it seems every other year we get a, a chip from Apple now that it does live up to some of these performance claims. You will get bigger big league geek bench scores and you will get higher peak performance of course but the thing that you really care about in gaming is a better sustained performance and a better performance per watt exactly. and that's not where the a16 was really drawing all of its wins it was actually pretty close you know all the people that say oh apple chips are like four years ahead of the android competition no no getting into these last years from the from the dimensity 9000 to the 8 gen 2 Android chips have been nipping at the heels of some of the, the, the most consistent Apple chip wins in performance per watt. So now I'm a little anxious about the iPhone 15s using oh, because they're still the using A16. The they're, yeah, they're essentially the 14s and now in the new body. the or, iPhone yeah. 15 Pro, I'm actually hoping we'll see some of that realization of we're stepping down to 3 nanometers. 
yeah. their claim on CPU performance was not outlandish. They were only no. mentioning things like 10% bumps to CPU performance. What makes it's in the ballpark what you should expect. So, well, but that's just it is like yeah, yeah. if we because because it's not hard to see people say things like, oh, the Snapdragon 8 Gen 3 is going to give us like 20 percent performance improvements. And you're like, yes, at 30 percent higher no, battery no, draw. No, 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 exactly. But yeah, if yeah. you do a die shrink and you keep the performance bump on the cores, the CPU and the GPU core compute devices more reasonable. So it's not an outlandish improvement in performance. That's where I think you could realize some of these performance per watt advantages that Apple is always praised for. But that also means the less expensive iPhone might be saddled with a chip that runs a little less efficiently than the one before it, where an iPhone 13 Plus still might be the best daily driver communicator phone you can buy right now. Well, I would probably even say that the 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 14 and the 14 plus are probably a better buy than the 15 and the 15 plus depending on how the performance goes. Cuz you yeah. you this is where the that the domino effect kind of goes in, right? Every year they have two versions running the older CPU where the 15s kind of the 14s benefited from what the 13 was really working, the 13 Pro and the 13 Pro uh, Pro Max. Now that we're kind of in the upper side, we're we're getting the 14 A16 into the uh, 15 and 15 plus. Yeah, so honestly, you know, from a price point standpoint, I don't know the the real benefit other than the like on the lower end, we still run 60 hertz. We're still running a, a more perform. I mean, the performance is going to be pretty much the same as what we saw last year. So there, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited for the three nanometer. <laughs> I'm excited for the fact that you know I, I realize for 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 um, for Android and for basically Qualcomm and MediaTek. Um, we're going to be a year behind on this because they're not going three nanometers in this year. This MediaTek made the announcement already that in 2024, they're going to start working in three nanometers with TSMC. We already yeah. kind of see the, the, you know, the, the, the line in the sand for us, we're not going to be catching up to it, but I would probably argue saying the agent two is more power efficient than what we're seeing with the, with overall, some of the performance out of the a 16 and even maybe the 17. And, and we've we got to get, and, and I want to point this out too. You've got yeah. to get so incredibly granular at looking no, no. at very specific um, uh, aspects of compute power and compute performance. And it is so difficult to untangle when so much of the conversation is just, did it get a bigger Geekbench score? Uh, um, when you really look at performance per, per watt, again, this is why, like, I, and I feel like, TK, you'd probably back me on this. I'll I've kind of given up on doing the more intense battery testing because no, you've it, either got to construct tests that do not replicate daily use so that you can get more accurate measurements, mm-hmm. or you've got to give some phones advantages when you're using them inconsistently in real-world situations that the tests are not conducted the same so you either have such incredibly nuanced data that no one can really use to predict average daily driver use or you've got inconsistent testing and the more you go down that rabbit hole it's maddening i mean it does it it like breaks my brain after a point trying to communicate what battery life on these different um, revisions of processing nodes should look like and that's that's where we, we you can go real deep. And after a point, I think it start it stops having meaning. Um, but but as general trends, yeah, there has been an on off cycle where 
Well, a 15 was great. A 16 did not perform as consistently. And now I think with a die shrink, a 17 will bring us the performance of a 16 with some of the better power management of a 15. Yes. Yes. Say that, say that's five times as fast. So first I'll start by saying, yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. The, the, you have a very valid point in where you're coming from at this point. It makes sense. We used to have a series that the S series of Apple, that's what they used to do. They would yeah. come up with a phone. It's the refined we, year. Yeah. yeah. Refined year. It's the, Hey, new tech, new things we're going to try to fix. And then, Oh, by the way, here's the S the S fixes all of that. So enjoy it. And then next year we'll try something different. So the continuation of the conversation is we no longer have the S series. We basically have the lower power version. So I would probably say the standard edition. So, yeah, hopefully this is the year that we basically get the benefit from it. I'm a little bit concerned because of its because of its technology shift. The changes that they've gone through with the new GPU and potentially a new modem than what we've used before. On top of the die shrink, there could be some benefit in one side that may be over, overcome by others. We have to see the performance. We have to see the actual real-life usage demonstrated into what our... What are the experiences of people? Is battery life really better? Because on paper, according to Apple's website, they're the exact same life. They're not expecting yeah. it to last longer. But the and, true and, reality, and I, have yeah. a, I have a hard time with that because it's also like saying, you know, we, we dumped a bigger engine in your car, but we gave you the same fuel tank. And I get it. I know it's more complicated I, than that. Yeah, and it, I, I, I routinely turn to bad car metaphors when I talk about phones. Yeah. But if you're if you're giving me higher tiers and higher tiers and higher tiers of performance yearly, I think this is the other thing is like I really wish the entire semiconductor industry could take a year, just stay in place for a year and drive all of their efforts towards a better performance per watt. And I think we would all come out. But I mean, this is the utopian idea of oh, no, no. geek and, land. And, this and is, it'll this, never this, happen. This is the same thing we you said last year, and I and I remember we talked about it. No, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It, it is. It is. We are. We so are in ludicrous I, I, speed performance where we really don't tap into the full potential of what our SOCs are doing. And, and exactly, we never get to refine it to get the developers to really maximize the use yep. of this hardware. So we end up with a lowest common denominator. Well, what's the cheapest phone someone might run our app on? Let's at least make sure our app is functional on that. That's how it's that optimized. means we never get the what could you really do with this hardware if you went balls of the wall but i i want to shift gears here um because the other thing we're both really passionate about and i'm 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 betting that there was something a little positive in your cold apple hating heart tk i don't Um, hate apple no how how you're always dashing them on the rocks uh from from the cliffside and where i'm always trying to defend them this is the funny thing about our dynamic here uh I've never been some more surprised. Camera improvements. Yes. I'm going to say the... How did you feel, uh, maybe a little less so iPhone 15, but obviously we're both smartphone we're, camera snobs. We're, we're talking so, Pro Max at this point. It, it, ultra-tier phones. Yeah. Ultra-tier phones. How, how, how did you at least feel about what they had to announce there? I wanted to say welcome to the Club of Telephoto. Pixel 7 Pro and, and Sony has been waiting for you for many, many years. And you, thank you for joining the club because you realize the benefit of having something called a telephoto lens and actually putting in a good sensor in it and not just giving us, you know, that, that digital zoom and, and, and jumping. So it's like, again, Apple invented the telephoto lens. Thank you very much. I appreciate you bringing it. At a 120 millimeter equivalent yeah. focal length, they have the widest aperture on any phone that has ever been released 
with a 120 millimeter equivalent. I, I don't. Lens. I don't disagree. Yeah, no. The, their telephoto lens is the 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 technology that they're trying to even improve. In the, some of the tech that they're trying to do with the light bending and trying to get you that focal length with the such as depth in the. I, I believe me. I saw that and I saw. Okay, look. I understand you're trying to be innovative in the in the field, and I, I agree absolutely. All the demos that I got a chance to see with the hands on. The images look absolutely fantastic. It just what I had a sticking point with was the demonstration or the 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 claim of five cent five cameras as opposed to saying that are three cameras with other optional like a lossless zoom yeah. to two x as opposed so to I, calling I, it. A, I, I do I do want to be fair, yeah, um, because I felt like they were playing fast and loose. But mm-hmm. when I went back through and rewatched the the keynote. Mm-hmm. One of their examples in discussing that was talking about focal lengths. Yeah, absolutely. They it is. use so much confusing language. This is the thing that kills me about an Apple keynote is that it is word salad for every single one of their proprietary brand names for a technology the rest of us take for granted. It's like the true color this with the Apple blast processing that. And you're like, but that's... Did you hear, but did you hear them refer to bokeh? <laughs> Yeah, Did you hear I, I, I heard I, I know, that. And I, was like, oh, I know we're losing that fight, but I'm I'm going to go down fighting. Is yeah, that it is a I Japanese know. word, and it is two distinct syllables. So if you're, I believe in northern Japan, it does have a k sound, but it's not boka. It's boka. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I think more southern. Someone please correct me if I have this wrong in different dialects. I do not speak Japanese. We have like um, 25 it, people here from southern Japan. Go ahead. But guys, but the the the, the sort of general pronunciation would be bokeh. So it is, it's the thing I'm trying to get people away from is boga, where it's almost like B-O-G-U-A or something like that. That, that is not a word that, that, that's the closest thing you've got is mouth in Spanish. That, that, that is not a Japanese term relating to lens quality or photography, but I digress. Um, so so I, now we've got a lot of unanswered questions about focal what that optical performance is going to look like. The idea of prism bending light to reduce the distance between lens and sensor backplane mm-hmm. is kind of inspired. Because the only other solution that we've been able to come up with to put a longer lens on the back of a phone is to use a periscope. So you oh, align absolutely. the lens in your phone sideways. So Apple doing this sort of four-tier bounce internally in a prism is kind of a genius solution for not having to completely re-engineer the back of the phone. But what little physics I've studied would make me worried that bouncing light internally in a prism would lead to a reduction in the amount of light that hits the sensor, that every bounce Mm -hmm. and every bend you put into um, uh, the, the path of light reduces the amount of light you actually get. So even though that this is the widest aperture that we've ever seen on a smartphone telephoto, it is not the largest sensor. Um, the Xiaomi 12S, uh, Xiaomi, Xiaomi 12S Ultra, uh-huh. the Pixel 6 and 7 Pro, and the Xiaomi 13 Ultra all have larger sensors at very close to the the apertures that Apple is using. So... The 120 millimeter equivalent lens on my Xiaomi 13 Ultra is f3. Yeah. The 120 millimeter equivalent lens on the iPhone 15 Pro Max, Max. is f2.8. 
So yes, Technically Apple is using a wider aperture, but so they're also doing it on a, yeah. on a significantly, I think I want to say it's almost a 15% smaller image sensor. So your equivalent depth of field, your equivalent photography stats are all going to be better on the Xiaomi at 120 millimeters. And you're not playing as many games in between because the Xiaomi has a quad camera setup where there really is a middle sensor between mm-hmm. the, stand, the, the main wide sensor and your telephoto. Xiaomi lied about its actual focal length, but it is in there. It does yeah. help you bridge the gap between those two. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of buzzing because this is a significant upgrade for the iPhone, mm-hmm. but I'm really curious to see, like, in real-world performance, does this really address the issues that we've had with iPhone photography, and will it really be competitive against the ultra-tier Android phones that we've been playing with for a while? It, that's one of the biggest things about it right now is that all we're getting is just hands-on in the post-Apple keynote, uh, no reviews. I'm assuming, obviously, embargoes are going to be for that next week. Where as soon as people are getting their devices, we'll have the, the full reviews drop for most people. I think the biggest thing for me is I love the tech. I love the fact that they're trying to improve their tech, their camera experience. I won't, I'm not going to deny and say that iPhone video, video on iPhone for me every once in a while has filled in some B-roll in my shots and I've known exactly how well that I can rely on how the video performs. I don't rely on it when it comes down to telephoto. I don't rely on it when it comes to something that's a little bit further away. I fall back to my Xiaomi. I fall back to my Find X6 Pro. I know how the performance works there. The sensors are built for that and it's a tried and true approach the you know running the camera the for telephoto lens running it parallel or sideways inside of the actual uh, you know casing has been a tried and true system ever since Huawei invented it but to me it, it's the the hype around it right it's like okay we're finally talking telephoto people are going to start finally talking and seeing how it is but it is only available on the on the pro max it's a very small number of all the devices and it's the yeah. device that most people won't buy this it's the the truly weird conversation. It's gonna be maybe see some reviews about this initially, but the average Joe is not gonna pay the twelve to thirteen hundred. I think it's like twelve hundred dollars starting price on the thirteen so Pro Max. So I, I I always have a hard time trying to dig into analysts' numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple over the last several years has done the best job of moving their customers up the food chain. Oh, oh so absolutely. It's actually yeah. really difficult to get a handle on what percentage of iPhones are now pro because you know, it's the same thing. Like every year Samsung comes out and like, Oh, this was the fastest 72 hour pre-order sales period that we've had since our last other thing. Yeah. No, no, actually they'll go back to the last two years ago and they say the note, but but that, that doesn't mean anything in terms of telling us like units sold. And if the average selling price of an iPhone is now a thousand dollars, that means as many phones are selling above a thousand dollars or is being sold under a thousand dollars to the same spectrum of quantities and prices. So I would not be surprised if the pros are now actually climbing up to something like 20 to 25% of Apple's yearly market share. But that's what, an incredible number of phones. No, no, I agree, but you still have like to Samsung's, slice that pro in half. No, 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 I know. Yeah, but, 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 but that's what I'm saying is just going pro up. Not yeah. pro, and you know, we'll Absolutely. never get the division on pro versus pro max. Oh no, we will only want, know yeah, that want, above they, they above that the number in this. No, absolutely, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's not a. Um, I, I find. I, I'll, I'll say this: the, the the only reason I used to go with the pro max back before the 14 
because we didn't have a plus. There was not, there wasn't a plus. There was 13, 13 Pro, 13 Pro Max. And then there was the 13, the 12 mini that carried over for a year, which the mini no longer exists. So the reality, Apple's been playing kind of a little bit with that move, but you're right. If you kind of think about like somebody that has a, a 13 Pro from a couple of years ago, 13 Pro Max, and they wanted it because of the large display, there's a good chance they're going to upgrade to the 15 Plus because they'll get the 15 Plus benefit from the 14 as well as the larger display, which we didn't have in the 13. So it, it's kind of a... You know, it's like a, a game of the, you know, hide the, uh, the the coin under the cup. Where is the where you're trying to find it? You have to kind of remember that the Pro Max is supposed to be the best that they perform, but it's also the most expensive. And I feel, I truly believe that sells the least. The Pro and well, the Plus and the, and see, the standard. Michael Peppertech is saying the 14 Pro Max was the most shipped phone at mm-hmm. 26.5 million units in the first half of this year. I actually don't think that's far off that might not necessarily mean it is the most sold phone but it was the most delivered to retail phone of the year and that's that's the kind of marketing war we're fighting in the premium tier space where well, android mean, is most invisible is above four hundred dollars and as soon as you climb to five hundred dollars well, then you better not be one of those poor people on an Android. You really got to start looking at an iPhone. And then it just seems to be easier and easier and easier to upsell what iPhone you're, you're selling mm-hmm. and offer up the trade-ins and the leasing deals and the payment plans and the carrier perks oh, to it, it, focus people into the absolute most expensive monthly fee you can get them hooked into. No, I'm, I'm with you. And I think this is the biggest thing. You have to kind of figure out what is, I mean, every company does it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Samsung does a very similar experience with the standard 23 to 23 plus into the 23 ultra. The, the reality is every company wants you to buy the more expensive. They want you to get the better, the best experience they have to offer. And they typically frame the experience slash features to kind of push you in that direction. I don't, I don't disagree with it. I think it's a tactic that every company would like to do. I understand it from a business standpoint, it makes perfect sense. As a consumer standpoint, coming into the, uh, to the, to the conversation in here, it, it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell for me to say, well, if you want the best camera experience because of the telephoto lens, you have to go Pro Max. But I don't think this is the conversation. We're not trying to negotiate basically. What, whatever. We're not trying to recommend saying, hey, guys, just go buy this. The statement is that's the lineup the 15 series mm-hmm. is basically a standard and a plus uh, plus size into that. And of course, there's the Pro and then the Pro Max. Uh, we didn't go Pro Max Ultra X2 kind of thing, which everybody was kind of sure. making fun of. I really wanted them to go there, though. It would have been fun. It would have <laughs> been the Pro Max Ultra, <laughs> you know. But yeah. Um, but the the approach to some of the, the, the options that they've put in there from the sense of you know, the better material, the SOC, the better improvement with the SOC, better improvements on the GPU, the die shrink. There are a lot of improvements to be said and to be tangibly, mm-hmm. you know, seen on paper right now from what Apple you know, spoke yesterday. And I hope that a lot of that materializes into true life. Earlier, we talked about the SOCs and differences and, you know, different yearly upgrades and so on. The, my, and this is purely because I've used the foldables from Samsung since day one, since the first fold sure. all the way up to five. The Fold 4's battery life, to compare it to the Fold 5 battery life, it is substantially noticeable that it is better on the 8 Gen 2 than it is on the 8 Plus Gen 1. Even if you factor the fact that the 8, you know, the 8 Plus Gen 1 is running on a device that has a battery that's a year old and so on, the experience from 
moving from one SOC to the other, the improvements that we have, the generational upgrade in there can be tangibly noticed. So there is a good chance that Apple can actually show improvements in battery life. They're just not claiming it yet, although they didn't increase the battery capacity. It has to, it'll come down to software. It does come down to modem connectivity. There's a whole bunch of factors, how battery life is different for you and me, even though we're using the same device on the same carrier. It's just, you may have better signal than I do. I may, my phone may be seeking signal more and burning more battery. So long, a lot of things like that. But those things are obviously there's, you're going to be on camp iPhone. This is definitely something very exciting for you. It's just that the eSIM conversation, I don't understand why we're still stuck with it. That to me is one of the main reasons why I haven't upgraded from the 13 Pro Max. I mean, not that I use it all the time, but when I do end up using it, that is number one, my number one gripe about it. Yeah. It's almost like... And, an, and we, we've like, now got the speculation game in full swing where pundits and tech commentators and all the people that profit the most from packing Apple into the keywords of every single article they write mm-hmm. are now trying to ride that gravy train until the phones are actually shipping out to consumers. Because just like with our conversations about Samsung, mm-hmm. it your most profitable time to produce content on this stuff, like we're doing right now in this podcast, is before it actually ships out to all the poor people that will really buy it with their own money. Yeah, and, and actually that, start experiences that is, and stop looking for it. That's the other thing. But yeah. but yeah, but that to me is also that time where it's most fraught with misrepresentation of performance, miseducating consumers as to what the market looks like <laughs> and making the mm-hmm. grandest claims that then never get followed up on. So Apple starts talking about all this grand stuff on a telephoto sensor. There are some really interesting things to look at on an iPhone telephoto that can do some of this light bending and it, and it changes how the structure of the lens assembly works. Yeah. But from a photographic standpoint, re- the only thing that matters is, do you get better photos out of that? And has a more traditional periscope style lens arrangement been superseded? Like, yeah. does it make sense for other companies to really try and ape this if it's a more expensive prism? So the only way to do that is to then dig into those types of practical comparisons, but set up in ways that are illustrative of the mm-hmm. differences and can help maximize the educational potential of talking about that. For, for the first time, now that we have USB-C, I think, it is, I think it is instructional and I think it is illustrative of a pro phone to be able to do something like record directly to external storage. That's true. Like, that's that that's is kind of a handy feature. That is a very nice feature. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I would like to see that on a Sony, like, mm-hmm. you know, being able to use those like Exmor T sensors, but recording directly to an SSD like Sony has updated their cameras to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so those types of things can, can really help. That makes me feel literally USB-C with USB 3 literally makes me feel like the iPhone can actually be called a pro now that it can do some basic screen mirroring, it, it has legit fast. I mean, like, this is a major pay. Whoever would have thought in an age of people laughing at folks plugging their phones into USB cables and hyping up AirDrop that we would see a whole page on the iPhone landing screen talking about gigablast your gigabits now with up to 20% faster file transfers over a cable. Yep. For all the years that we've been told that no one cares about this as a feature, it that is something that pros appreciate. So now oh, a no, no. pro yeah. 
can actually care about something like this to get more use out of their phone. It's just galling to me that this is something that consumers would have appreciated. They would have liked if anyone had ever made noise about Apple excluding features like this for so long. It, it's it's the like I said the invention of the USB C three point happened yesterday. It existed and it is exciting, but the the yeah I mean the the fact is nobody's going to go back and 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 basically backtrack and say you know what what I said two years ago I am sorry I am sorry for saying that this is it was hot garbage to consider plugging your phone in, in to transfer data because AirDrop was the best thing since sliced bread. Um, or, you know someone is going to come out with a shocked face thumbnail i was wrong and it's still just gonna be i i'm praising apple what they're doing now just like i was praising apple for what they weren't doing five years ago whatever apple does is the correct choice absolutely and at the time that they do it and i I, I, again all that aside i don't want to make it you know we're not trying to make too much fun it the reality is i am it is a i'm I'm, I'm super bitter absolutely and (laughs) and with that I look at it in that in the sense of the it is finally so the the correct the right the right thing about it is at least they didn't go USB two <laughs> like that could have been even well worse. on the iPhone fifteen they did though no I know but again so, so but this is this is what I mean TK is like they they conflate the features back and forth they did this with the iPhone twelve it was a twelve megapixel pro camera system but the iPhone twelve pro had a smaller sensor and the iPhone 12 Pro Max had the bigger sensor. And they do this. And it's the same thing like when a major tech reviewer with millions and millions of subscribers is panning the Pixel 6, I mean Pixel 6a for only having a 60 hertz display and really I've gotten used to the fluidity of 120 hertz screens. So let me show you what a 120 hertz display looks like on my iPhone Pro. But then at the end of the video, they make a purchasing recommendation for if you want a cheap phone, you can pick up an iPhone SE or an older iPhone 11. And that's That's close to the price of a Pixel 6a. So every single time we let them just call iPhone iPhone, we're purposely muddying the waters on what tier of what phone gets what features and and what specs. Because they they talk about iPhone like it's a proper name, like it's a proper noun. For the iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Pro. And so now we've got the same connector on both. But we don't have the same features. We don't have the same specs. We don't have the same charging. We don't have the same video output. We don't have the well, same data no, no. rates. Even, but they're going to look at the bottom of the phone and then someone in a T-Mobile is going to go, well, I mean, like, I can't spend $1,300 on my phone, even spreading it out over two years of monthly payments. But, you know, hey, we've got the same connector. And just like lightning connectors were the same between an iPhone and an iPhone Pro. Well, Apple wouldn't change anything significantly there, right? No, no, they would So again, this is, this is what I mean, is like every single time Apple announces new features, it actually becomes more of a challenge to get the consumer education in place so that people really do get the things that they think they want or they think they need. Yeah. And this this is yet again. I mean like I want to be excited USB-C with USB 3. I made a video like 6 years ago talking about the difference between USB-C and lightning connectors and people made fun of me for like saying eventually iPhones will probably be on USB-C. Probably like 2 or 3 years. Well, like 4 years after I said that, 4 years after my deadline for that. My deadline that eventually your original estimate. Yeah. 
I was uh, too optimistic, but now that it's here, this is exhausting to me because it's Mm -hmm. just like the fight we have in Android land where like, okay, if you want this feature, you've got to spend up for this kind of phone because that's where you get USB three. And just because it has the same shape connector on the bottom doesn't mean you have the same features. And Apple is not helping us in that conversation. Apple is actually making this conversation as or more difficult than what we're currently dealing with. And and it is unfortunately to their benefit to muddy the water and make you think that, you know, just because it's the iPhone, suddenly everything is the same. And in reality, it isn't. The experience is distinctly different. Um, but, you know, in, in hindsight, I would probably say I'm, I'm, I appreciate the fact that they're on finally on USB-C. The, the biggest challenge I've ever had in, in the, the last generation, few generations of iPhone is the struggle of an iPhone user looking for somebody with an iPhone charger because they didn't bring the cable with them and they can't charge their phone. This is, this is, this is a true statement. Like I've ne- and nobody talks about it. Like as if that's never a struggle, you know, them's crit- like saying, Oh, my phone died. Cause I couldn't find a charger. And I'm like, that yeah. doesn't make sense. Like why couldn't yeah. you like, uh, yeah, like they forget that it has wireless, but long story is um, <laughs> the, the, the fact that we're on USB-C, I feel like now the standard is, is been solidified. And as yearly upgrades kind of go through, obviously it's going to take us two to three years before everybody that's using an iPhone is potentially, or at least the majority, it's kind of like uh, rolling Mm -hmm. into a next new version of Android or iOS. Well, actually Android more so it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't permeate all, all at the same time just because it's invented. So we, we've been saying like time and time and time again, like everybody acts like we haven't been complaining about mid ranger phones, not having video output in desktop mode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Five years now. That's the thing that gets me is like, I'm making this criticism about Apple and I guarantee you, cause I haven't looked. I guarantee you someone in the chat has also brought up a comparison like, oh, you mean like how Xiaomi phones always have USB 2, even for their expensive phones? I bet you someone has. And TK, I'm, I'm purposely looking down the barrel of the camera. If someone has brought up that comparison, please let me know. Because we've been the first to complain about pixels not having desktop modes and not having video output. Absolutely. We just recently did a combo set of videos on wearable displays and glasses where we have to jump through all the hoops to explain how some of these phones can't use this and Pixel's Cast and Samsung's Miracast and all of this stuff. And just as Apple joins the USB-C race, are they helping us make this conversation easier? No, they are not. They are doing the same thing that we have condemned Samsung and Google and OnePlus, how disappointing OnePlus and iQoo going down to USB 2 was. So... That is a part of the entire industry, and this is why we have standards. We are long overdue upper premium tier phones not supporting all these features, let alone mid-range and entry-level phones not having all these features. And Apple is now a part of that same problem in getting the consumer educated as to what all of these different standards means. Yeah. Was I right? Did someone, did someone bring up a comparison? Uh, let me see. Um, I told you to look at the chat, TK. I was looking, but do you understand? Do you understand how far it is with these old eyes? Like I try. No, I wish my video. Uh, no. Okay, if somebody did mention it, maybe some people didn't catch it, and nobody's bringing it back up. But 
I, I'll say I want to be validated for predicting behavior on our live streams. We we've had many conversations and we we felt vindicated and appreciated the fact that Xiaomi finally went to USB 3.0 video output on this devices that have been touted to be, you know, flagships and so on. Again, this, these are the, the your best performance, your best performing device should not be crippled. Um, you know, and when Juan goes all multicolor on us, that just typically means the battery died because that's no, how we do it. I think my camera overheated. I'm just going to have to turn that off for a sec. It's okay. It's man. really hot in here. Oh, um, turn on the AC. Or do you, do you I, have I, I thought I had, um, but I might yeah. need to go run downstairs and I might lose my headphones if I go all the way down. I yeah, actually I think my wireless mic will make it. I think um, your, your I wanted to say, for, Michael yeah. Peppertech, I thought you had the Vivo X80 Pro. Because the Vivo X80 Pro has video out. Uh, did he have... Wait, I, I, wasn't he fixing the X80 Pro? Well, no, that that's what he was saying is because yeah. he says, I wish my Vivo had video. It would be help if you could read the chat, TK. You've got to work on your eyesight. I've got to work on my... That, not only on my... Okay, so let me let me do this. Okay, I'm going to make... But anyway, I'm gonna hold on. Look I, at I'm going to try, but I can't, I can't hear you all the way down to where my AC is. So I, we're going to do an experiment as... Uh, I'm going to run down real quick. I'm going to try and turn that back on. Okay, while you're doing two this, seconds, let me let me. Bring you're going to hear me like, nah, you know what? I'm going to mute my mic so that you don't hear me running all through my house. So Michael, Michael's comment was, uh, "I wish people had a video out uh, since the screen has been broken because that would have been a functional option." Uh, I, so iPhones, obviously, you know, we're going to see how the experience is going to be, but video out or at least USB 3.0. Uh, with video support has been something that we've been lacking. I mean, there are rumors now, and I'm hoping it does actually materialize that the Pixel 8 Pro and the Pixel 8 will support video out. But I'm with you. Yeah, if if it had video out, that could have been a solution. The issue with it, uh, Michael, is, and I say this from experience because the Red Magic 6 that I have does support video out. If the phone locks out and your display is broken, you don't have a way of entering the pin to unlock the phone. Unless you have pre in advance paired a Bluetooth uh, keyboard and mouse, it's almost impossible for us to kind of even interact to, to, to unlock the phone. Unless the phone had no pin lock and you just basically, obviously, it just opens up and goes straight to the home screen. But it, it is, a, it's a big, hey, welcome back. So uh, our AC was set at 78. So with this wall facing west, the beautiful uh, it's, sunset. It's, I'm just gonna, yeah, it's like 95 in here. <laughs> so I even opened the door, One and of the I told the family, we, "Just we shut up, everybody! Just mm-hmm. shut up!" Wow. Okay. Juan, <sighs> Juan is definitely on a. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, um, no, uh, Michael the Peppertech. There was no Vivo X80 Pro Plus. That didn't exist. It was just the Vivo X80 Pro. I have a Vivo X80 Pro right here. And I have a little display, so let me pull out a portable display. We're doing it live, because I'm really worried about this. Good, good point from Michael. Uh, iPhones had video out since the iPhone six. I guess I've never except used them. you needed an adapter with a power yeah. connector connected to it. Peace. So yes, but you couldn't really use it for as much unless you were in like a really sedentary environment with a proprietary cable that was very expensive, and. Um, let me make sure this is charged. Yeah, it's charged. Okay. Being sick and running up and down stairs. And really, Dan really Dan winded me there. The uh, Juan's favorite live test. We're going to test it live. And uh, doing, doing, doing it live. So, <laughs> wait, that's, that's the phone side. So, I'm going to connect this. And here's my Vivo. 
and it just connected. It's doing something. Oh, okay. So here's what's going to be funny. Um, this is giving us a big blank white screen because I had uh, desktop mode enabled. Enabled in developer running. Settings. So yeah, there's no desktop mode on this, and it's proper broken um, on the newest uh, on the newest ROM. But it is sending <laughs> video out to my screen. So we're gonna fix this now, and I'm gonna reboot it and tell it not to go into desktop mode. But yes, the Vivo X80 Pro has. Uh, um, I, I, w- I wish I was going to say, I wish I could jump in with you on that one because yeah, I only right. have the X- X90. I don't have the X90. No, we have the X90 Pro. We don't have the X90 Pro yeah. Plus. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, so, there was the no X80 Pro Plus. The X80 Pro was the Pro Plus. They, uh, they just took the, off the Plus. So Because it was the only one that they, they released. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they I, did X80, X80 Pro and X80, which makes way more sense. I like that so much better. And I really wish that they had done that again with X90 Pro and X90. But that's not what they did. They went back to three phones again, which Pro Plus, that's not a great name. It's really not a good name, and it's very confusing what phone was the best from Vivo in any given year. Well, and they didn't have them in the same markets. That's the other thing. You could, you could If you were in a specific market where the Pro, because I think internationally, the X80, the X90 Pro is the only one that was launched. The X90 Pro Plus was only in China. So yeah. there was also that limitation of where you are, depending on what you're doing. And um, no, Michael, I, I, I totally understand the, the video output functionality. I just, it's something... I I will say is as easy as plugging in a Rokid or an Xreal or an Nreal into your phone with USB-C and just getting the display and getting that mirrored experience while launching an app. These typically, whenever I've had to run them on iPhone, it's always been through hoops so that you can get it to run that simply. Oh, yeah. But I understand I've got the, if, if the you have the right HDMI adapter, you could technically plug it in. Adapter. But again, it's saying something has video output support is a claim. No. And the specificity of that claim is you can't just... So, for example, I have monitors in front of me that both of them have USB cables that stick mm-hmm. out. I just leave them permanently connected. And at any time, I can pick up a Samsung or a Motorola or even my Xiaomi 13 Ultra, which now has video out. And I plug it directly into that and I get an image. Yep. And I cannot do that. <laughs> with an iPhone because I have to use adapters and HDMI cables and I have to power the iPhone through a proprietary adapter. So making it sound like it's the same is not, it's not the same. And that's, again, when I'm going through all of these rants and rails about like USB 2 versus USB USB 3, all the different configurations for cables and standards, it is confusing when consumers could benefit from this stuff. They won't because they're going to try it once, see that it doesn't really work as easily as you think it will, and there are all these different permutations of accessories that they might need to buy, and then they're never going to try it ever again, and I guess phones just do phone things. And that kills me. You can pick up an LG Velvet, plug it directly into an ultra-wide monitor, and get most of the field of view properly supported at a very good pixel pitch. I can't do that with an iPhone. It does not just work. So that's that's the the educational hurdle we're getting where people are buying tech that they probably don't need or they're not getting the right fits for their needs. And they could genuinely be benefiting from this stuff if we were 
holding to standards that really improved the adoption of this tech. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. And while we're waiting on the phone, I do want to realize, obviously, you know, we're covering it. We're talking about the uh, the event. The There's still more conversations to be had. The devices obviously haven't shipped. People can't even order them yet. I think you can't order them till tomorrow. No, not tomorrow, Friday. And then it'll be available on the Friday, the following Friday, and seven days from there for people ordering them. The, the, the overall performance, sorry, the overall story right now is there is some devices. Is that video out? No. So, yeah, it seems to be working. So I had the wrong cable. And this is what pisses me that, off. That was the other thing. You have to have the, yeah, you have I to have the high speed. Yeah, yeah. If it's the wrong cable. Well, no. I, I went to the Thunderbolt cable, and this dock, the Uperfect, doesn't like the thun- no wait no this is the no this is the next dock this next dock. doesn't like the You're thunderbolt perfect. cable yeah. it likes the usb video cable yeah. see this is why i'm pissy with standards that aren't standardized <laughs> but your your vivo does have video out and if you yep. hook up a mouse you can i can move all around and i can open stuff i know this is horribly out of focus for the video and this is terrible audio podcasting but it for works. everybody watching Quan is demonstrating it, it the video output on a uh, next dock using the vivo, uh, the vivo x80 pro um, I, I needed to clear that up if michael peppertech has stuff on his vivo x80 pro he can get to it well so you, you can get to it if if you have a next dock i think that solution definitely should work because then you can but, input the the yeah. What's it called? The the the, the pin number. No, no, no. get get a laptop hub and a cabled mouse. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> my issue with it. So here's okay. Well, anyway, my my red magic has multiple issues. One of them is a dead USB port. I, I am uh, I I, yeah. I started to so once I um when when the device died whenever we had the problem with the display, I I'm like hey you know what uh, I'm just gonna let it die I'll, I'll charge it I ordered the uh, the replacement part everything's fine and so in the middle in the meantime I know it has video up let me look, let me connect it to my next dock see if I can transfer stuff off of it I couldn't charge the phone the phone wouldn't charge yeah so the USB port died as well as the display and long story so short that, that's a double whammy that I don't have a solution for you for no I'm, and I'm sorry and I kind of now I feel bad because I have a display that I bought. But I'm like, should I spend the extra 30 bucks to get a USB port and try to take a chance on it or because there could be more stuff missed? Or should I just try to sell the display and then make whatever? I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a I'm, lose-lose I'm situation. Telling you, I know there's stuff on there that, that Omar probably wants, but I'm sure between the two of us, we've got like a Black Shark or something. That can oh, I, so I, I got them so. on, on the, the Poco. Oh, my God. What is it called? The F5? The last one we got? The one mm-hmm. with the uh, 7 Plus Gen 2. Yeah. So that's a he, beast. Uh, oh, dude, he he's loving the he- he's loving the fact that he still has a headphone jack. That's a big win for him. Um, <laughs> he's because because he's so he's OK. So here's the thing. The reason why Omar still uses the Pixel 5a is because it still has a headphone jack. The Pixel 6a dropped it. The 7a dropped. So all of those things, obviously, we kind of gradually moved. But he actually legit walks around, has you know over the ear cans plugged straight into his phone, and he's listening to music wired. He doesn't have to worry about wireless, and he can control everything he wants. There is a plus. There's a reason why I'm super excited that I have a headphone jack back on my phone because I can finally say, "Oh, I went, I went to the office and I was trying these new buds, and I didn't test them correctly." So I got to the office and I was like, "Okay, let me pair them, whatever." They were just not paired, and I was like, "Oh my yeah. god, I'm going to be sitting here listening to music from my phone." And then I'm like, "Oh, dude." It has a headphone jack. I plugged in my Sennheisers. I have wired yeah. for the PC. I was like, oh my God, this is a godsend. 
It is. Oh my God. It's so nice. I, and I, it's, I know it's, yeah. I wanna, I'm sounding like an old dude that like, you know, stuck to old tech, but no. SD card, no, headphone jack for the win. Because I feel anytime. like one of the most important stories of the week that um, was definitely overshadowed was mm-hmm. Sennheiser getting completely out what little toe they had dipped in the gaming market. So oh. they rebranded. I remember they sold off parts of their that. division and they went from Sennheiser. So I actually have the Sennheiser branded oh. um, gaming headsets, the GSP 550 and the GSP 670. Um, I, I'm, I had to pull that up from memory, and they're they're on the headbands. Um, I, I, I worked that hard to remember the names, and then I just looked down, and there they were. Um, but then they uh, they changed up their distribution and the partnership that they were making with their manufacturers, and so now these were badged EPOS, E-P-O-S, mm-hmm. um, which was a terrible name. Because if you have POS in the name of your of your company, it either means point of sale or it means uh, piece a, of yeah, something not good. P- POS um, for me, from the retail days, back in the old days that I used to work in retail, yeah. that's what struck in my head, like POS point of sale. But yeah, no. yeah point of sale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Both of those inappropriate for headphones. Absolutely. <laughs> Both of those are not good acronyms to associate with your brand that's making high quality audio gear. So the 670, um, Marie actually wants to try these. Yeah. as her remote office zoom calling headset okay. i'm so okay. stoked so we're gonna we're gonna really uh, give these a run as some good office gear and she works for a gaming company so she'll actually <laughs> look pretty legit she'll, she'll um, look she's like walking she's around in, with some within, yeah with, within the, with the right crowd but this was also kind of a heavy two weeks for me for audio tech because i've been trying to back off all of the earbud and the headphone reviews because of my recent ear infections but a company reached out to me and they wanted me to take an early test drive. And I think I've got maybe the first video out on this product. Um, this is from a company called Cineaptic. And yeah, they yeah, sent yeah. this over, which uh, is the case. SE1. Mm-hmm. We talked about it um, on my very first. Yeah, it was two weeks ago off my very, 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 very first listen. And this is, they're, they're saying it's the world's first mass-produced ribbon driver headphone. Okay. I did look up. There mm-hmm. are two other companies who have made ribbon headphones, and they're very boutique. We're talking uh, <laughs> over $1,000 to north of 3500 Wow. And so the SE1s I've been spending a lot of time with. One, they two, are... On, let's remove this guy, bring... This guy. Here you go. So they are uh, dual ribbon drivers, and actually, I think I can pull this out. So if I pop this ear, sorry, I know I just did for that. For everybody right listening the to the podcast, obviously that side of the crew. So uh, Juan's holding up the he- uh, the headphones, and he opened up one of the ear cups so that we can actually see the the internal. And so this is a dual. Uh, sorry, a dual. I can't mirror image my my hand movements. Dual ribbon diaphragm. So there are these two suspended ribbons in a magnetic housing, mm-hmm. and this is what details and articulates sound. I have never heard anything like this near this price point. This is a $200 headphone, and I feel it is very competitive up to three to $400 planar magnetic headphones that are only cabled headphones. So I've spent most of my time listening to this on my Fio and my iFi. So I've got mm-hmm. these little DAC amps. Yep. And I've just plugged this because you can, you know, it's got a little 3.5 millimeter jack right there. Plug Easy. it directly into the DAC amp, drive it, you know, with some really decent sound processing hardware. 
that's what I've been listening to. And I would say that this experience punches well above a $200 price tag. On top of that, mm-hmm. it is a Bluetooth headphone. So you can connect it directly over Bluetooth to a phone or a tablet or a PC. It does support multipoint. Nice. Where you can connect it to two audio, uh, two different audio sources. Um, only uh, AAC is the top audio codec. But when you start talking about exotic diaphragms, those are tricky to drive. And for a Bluetooth headset, I was easily getting over 10 hours of listening time oh, wow. on these really beefy diaphragms, which are very thirsty. Um, I was very impressed. But on top of all of that, whatever, whatever tech you might be interested in, and these are open back cans, yeah. um, very spacious soundscape, really wide open. And we've said that before on other headphones. Like if you've ever experienced like Sennheiser 600 series or mm-hmm. like a Bear Dynamic 900, you know, you know what an open back headphone can kind of deliver for sort of the clarity and the openness. You're not, you feel like you're listening on speakers, not having sound like squished inside your head. Absolutely. But this has been a completely surprising, a higher experience than what I was expecting at 200 bucks. Um, the build materials are definitely cost effective and low weight. So lots of plastic. They are not the fanciest built headphones. You can kind of tell that all of the price of these went into the audio reproduction tech, not necessarily the design or the fashion or the sort of like the quality of the experience. Well, they focused on what was important as well. It's it's, at least they gave us that part. But, and, and what I like is they are making a claim that they are trying to use an exotic method of sound reproduction mm-hmm. in a consumer accessible product. So it's an exotic is, driver, exactly, but, but it's not an exotic price. Exactly. And I believe they have achieved that. I, I you know, you and me have both spent some time with like Odyssey planar magnetics. Yep, absolutely. Those are like four four or five hundred dollar cans. And I would say that these are more articulate than those okay. planar magnetics. So they're more detailed. There's a higher mm-hmm. degree of clarity. The bass and the rumble, it's like a shelf at 15 hertz. Like mm-hmm. it just it, it just sustains. So you've got sub and rumble. Very impressive performance when we're talking about a $200 headphone. And so I've got the full video out on that. If you're on my Patreon, you can also read through all of like my rambling stream of conscious notes for when I was listening through my test playlist. Um, I have been... Very, very impressed with what they've achieved at this price. Very impressed. Very, and I'm glad that you were finally able to put that out because I know you've been working on trying to get that, yeah. get that, that video out. We talked about it actually. Well, so last I, I held off I held off for a little while. So this is what's funky about when you're talking about a brand new company and they're a little on the boutique side. Um the inside the, the, you know, airing our dirty laundry and the inside baseball on this. Um when I first started listening, they had a functioning website. Like pre-order page, all this stuff was ready to go. They had blog posts. Here's the story of our company, how this headset came to be. Apparently, they are having some issues with their pre-order system, and they pulled the whole website. So oh. the press releases have all been going out. If you're on these like audio or audio file mm-hmm. um, PR lists. Yeah. But you go to the website and nothing's there. It's the login page, like you had the login page on a WordPress blog or something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I, I held the video for a little while because I reached out to the company and said, hey, do you want me to publish? Because 
no one can get more information on your product. And they said, yeah, go ahead and publish and we'll circle back and we'll let people know when the website is live again. But it's super awkward. It's not a great look for a brand that's taking their first steps and trying to deliver this product. But I can say, while they are not great website builders and their headphone is kind of a little funny looking the headband is a little tall and cone heady or cyberman e oh it's the, the cushions They're, is primarily what stands out to me the two little pads on yeah the side. I, like i'm, gonna, the I'm getting pads. the uh the ear cup popped back in place one i also just love how easily removable their ear cups are um but but putting this on your skull it's taller than you think it's gonna be Cyberman. but the skull pads do their Some, job so somebody the at weight. that company is a doctor who fan i i, I assure they you, have to be they have to be there's they no chance to be it's like inspired <coughs> by cybermen but not really you know like just because we don't want to pay but the yeah. royalty we're not going to say so it. yeah there's lots of snake oil i mm-hmm. i think you know in in terms of audio claims and audio file and ooh, are you doing this in high res that there's a lot of snake oil mm-hmm once you start shopping a headphone for certain characteristics, I am very impressed with their ability to realize their claims. Yeah. I have never listened on a ribbon driver before, and I'm not very familiar with ribbon speakers. Usually when you start messing with different membranes and stuff like that, you're, you start jumping to things like electrostatics. Yeah, yeah. That is very boutique and very exotic way to reproduce sound in a speaker. But what they're claiming, I feel they live up to that claim. If you want some good rumble, but you're not like a super, super hardcore bass junkie, these get lush, but you never lose the articulation. And I was very surprised at how ribbons performed because that's not usually how headphones are built. So seeing those little criss-cut ripple ribbons, that's something that, like, I've got some killer old-school microphones mm-hmm. that use ribbon elements in them. This was a very different kind of articulation than I was expecting. So if you like the detail and the clarity, the crispness, how the buzz and guitar distortion can kind of tickle your ear or the tremor of a voice, mm-hmm. um, you can catch the video, and I, I go into a lot more detail on what that sounds Oh, literally, like, it, but... yeah, it, and the video just went live literally... I was going to say maybe an half hour, hour ago. Yeah, barely, yeah. like not even a <laughs> half hour before the show started. I was like pinging one. It's like, hey, we're still doing this. It's like, I'm posting the <laughs> the video now. I'm like, yeah, I will let you I was like, I was literally like scrambling to finish the thumbnail when you no, were no. texting me about the show today. That's but um, but Brian Glaze, uh, uh, Brian Glaze absolutely was first. He was the first comment on the ribbon headphone video. But, but if you're into, so, so this is also one of those fun things is there are a lot of us out there who are earbud junkies because we enjoy the novelty. I mm-hmm. like hearing what different drivers and different tuning does to my favorite music. And this is at a price point where it's not an impulse buy. It's not a disposable, whatever, yeah. I'll throw a couple hundred bucks at something. It's a purpose purchase. Yeah. You, you've got to approach it with a bit of that purpose, but... This is so much more accessible a price um, for performance that usually we're paying more for. Yeah. You might not love the fit or the finish. You might not love how it wears on your head. There is some concern for an overly articulate headphone. They can sometimes be fatiguing depending on what you like to listen to. Mm-hmm. But um, 
this to me is extreme novelty for the price. I, I, I need that last point to be driven home. I've never heard anything like this sub $300. So uh, hopefully they get their website fixed. <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs> they get a few more audio influencers out there because this is something that should be like up GameSki's alley. This is something that I think uh, an El Jefe would really have a lot oh of fun God, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those, those, once we get some more of those guys playing in this space too. Um, I, I was, I, I was having a lot of, I am having a lot of fun. I was going to say it. Yeah. The story doesn't end there. This, obviously this is an early listen, uh, you know, video that was dropped in there and hopefully more conversations coming on that. Um, I'm excited. The fact, like I said, I I will definitely be catching up to that one. Hopefully tonight, once I, I get to my destination, because I'm actually, uh, I'm about to embark on a short trip, not that long, short trip, Yeah, but it's a nice little drive. Um, the only other thing I think we had kind of to cover real quick, I know you were talking originally about the, uh, the next stock. I was, I got a chance to play yeah. with some early hardware from our buddies over at you. Perfect. Um, like I like phones. I like the duo. I like devices that can do more than just one thing. And mm-hmm. they are, they're playing with dual displays that function as one display or function as two separate displays over one you know, that magical USB-C cable that we covered a whole hour or so in the beginning of our show. Uh, but like a device that can plug into it that could basically run it as a full device. So I dropped the video early this week on the Uperfect Delta. And there is three versions of that. The one they sent me is the base model, which is the 15.6 inch, 60 hertz, 1080p display version. So it's a dual 15.6 that are, for all intents and purposes, the build quality, I'll say this, Uperfect is... Perfect in the sense of the way they build things. Not to give away too much stuff for the video, but the main thing about this I love is the kickstand. The kickstand that they have here from the surface level, the ability of kind of tilting it all the way that you want it. But at the end of the day is the ability of making it like a like it's a full two displays that you can add to your computer. And editing videos on this is absolutely a pleasure. Like, oh my God, from a Mac for, on my Mac or even on my PC connecting it over one USB cable, powering both displays. The PC does have one little extra trick, which I really appreciate it more than what Mac was doing. Um, it it's, allows me to basically stretch content over the two displays because Mac doesn't really treat external displays the same. It treats them two separate, even though they're connected. Um, and it doesn't let me draw or at least drop. And like, I can't run a full spreadsheet or an RSS feed or, you know, or anything like a, let's say Twitter feed or whatever on both displays. And the PC does. I got a chance to check it out with my Geekum. Absolute pleasure. Very nice. Minimalistic Bluetooth keyboard. A lot of things. And of course, some gaming and stuff. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, they're currently in a Kickstarter campaign. Um, this is a base model. There is an 18, I don't want to say an 18 and a half inch version that is 1080p, 60 frames also, the larger if you want more space. And then they also have a 2K 144 hertz 18 inch version that runs beautifully so i i tried begging them to send that one they're like we don't have prototypes of that so what i have essentially is still technically pre-production hardware but in this current state again one cable connection directly to my mac or my pc and it just runs um and then of course if you want to run two things that was the other collaborative effort that i forgot to mention let's say you and i (laughs) are working together right and you need an extra display and i need an extra display but we're sitting you can both split yeah yeah tent it up and you plug into one side i plug into the other side and we're both working at the same time i can show you presentations this way just it has so much more application Um, but i like the fact that it's combined and it also when it's closed it protects its display 
A lot of times when we have external displays that we take with us, we have to bring in some kind of a protective case for it because the display is exposed. Obviously, you're walking around. Our Macs, our PC, our laptops are all designed to close on themselves to protect the display. This design allows you to do so. And for me, traveling with this and one USB cable, I can run it with my Mac anywhere I go. So definitely my new travel monitor or external monitor companion. Um, you know, and I think the camera is giving us the uh, <laughs> Juan's camera is letting us know it's I that did, time. did it we're again. No, no, it's uh, okay. It's okay. We're, we're getting to that point. Sorry. I think, um, partially because of time limitation on my side as well. Uh, but also, I don't want to make it so that Juan has no voice for the rest of the week. And then I, I have a feeling his wife will come and kick my butt. So I don't want to I don't want to do that. I, I want to be cool. I want to be welcome next time I show up. That's You're always cool. But I definitely appreciate the. I'm going to let this sit for just a second. And I think I can get the camera just back up. Right before to, we turn it uh, <laughs> just, just so that we can finally say goodbye. Good um, yeah. Yeah. I, I got a text from Marie, too, just from being downstairs. Like, oh, sorry, we'll, we'll be quiet. It's yeah, just yeah. so hot in here. Sorry. Um, sorry. But it, it's it's starting to get a little bit better now. So we've got a, a probably like a minute for <laughs> this thing t- tanks I, again. Um, so- we, we, we had a couple questions just about like the differences on these different headphones, JGJ was asking about like, you know, versus planar magnetics or electrostatics. And I talk about some of that in the video too. Okay, um, so, um, and, and cake batter actually brings up a good point about things like distortion, but this is a very exotic kind of sound. Um, and then it, it's the same thing that we've always said, like TK is wearing some of my all time favorite dynamic driver headphones in the, uh, 770s from mm-hmm. Aerodynamic. Once you get above a good hundred dollar plays music better with a more accurate, uh, frequency EQ response. And, um, you kind of get out of just disposable plastic junk. Mm-hmm. you really need to start reframing your your point of view or your perspective to what is it that I like to hear in my sound reproduction? A $200 headphone is not really going to be twice as good as a $100 headphone. No, the Once you get I mean, beyond yeah. a certain kind of lower distortion and you're plugging it into better hardware, like a good DAC or amp, stuff like mm-hmm. that, you really just want to start honing in on what are the qualities of the headphone that tickle my ear? And that's why I've been so so spicy about this one is it is delivering some of the articulation and some of the, the frequency response that I would normally turn to a more expensive planer to reproduce. That doesn't mean I immediately prefer it. It's better than a 300 or a $400 planer magnetic. I've also listened on like, $5,000 electrostatic headphones. Yeah, I remember. I really appreciate what that electrostatic headphone is doing, but I'm not going to rush to say a $5,000 electrosta- electrostatic is 10 times better <laughs> than a cheaper headphone. You know, like that's, that's not how this works. And it really does become more what is the flavor that you're looking for. But this is a very interesting addition in a very boutique kind of way. This this is a different color, and this is a different kind of audio than I was expecting to find in a $200 headphone. So we can make those kinds of comparisons. Obviously, yeah. you, you know, these things don't exist in vacuums. But to me, it's really, are you finding the right fit for your tastes? Not, is it better or worse? 
because I don't think you can ever quantify the subject subjective opinion of this headphone is better because I like the bass. It doesn't work that way. No, it, no, it, it really it, is. Do does it make me? Does it give me goosebumps when uh, Rage Against the Machine is really ripping into their guitar tracks? D- does it does it give me that that kind of emotional feeling when I'm listening to? Uh, Kimiko Ishizawa playing uh, Bach variations. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's more specific than that. And unfortunately, the only way for you to find that is to just try a bunch of headphones and then start finding what you like and what you don't. And that's exactly. the best way to do it. It is. It's. It's. It, it is a personal choice. Uh, not choice. A personal taste. Actually, what I was going to say, um, especially with audio. Audio is a. It's a very different refinement, especially when you start stepping up in the experience. Yeah. Getting a, a dedicated DAC. Getting. Getting a USB C. Uh, you know. Again, USB C. Uh, portable DAC that you could take with you, like a THX or an Onyx or something that can help you improve the experience and drive oh, these yeah. headphones. It, it's that was absolutely. a good combo too. I, I I spent an evening with the uh, the SE ones plugged mm. into my Onyx. Yeah, and um... that didn't suck. That was fun too. Um, <laughs> Cake that. batter. I wish I had a better answer for you. Uh, he asks, when does the Cineoptic plan to release the SE one? Because their site is still down. Um, I mentioned this when we first started talking about it. I unfortunately I have no info. They said go ahead and publish the video, even though they knew their website was down. Um, I asked them if they wanted me to hold off just until they had it back up and running, but they had no estimate for when their site was going to be back. Well, even even so I'm maybe hoping... putting up a separate page for the notify me, put your email here to notify something. So that I think that's actually what it is, is like oh, okay, if you okay. want more info, you can put in an email address, but it looks like it's like down. Like okay. it takes you to the login and in the login is also an email list that you can sign up for. But if you had their username and password, you could get into <laughs> you their site. Log in, you can go into the back lane. Yeah, no, no. That's that's how little this that company is. is getting this stuff started. It's like when I say first steps, I mean legit first <laughs> steps. But first unfortunately, step. I don't have um, info for when it's going to be back up and running proper. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, but what I, what I did want to touch base right before the camera dies down on us one more time um, is, uh, was there any other, I mean, obviously you just posted a video today, today's what, Wednesday. Um, is there any other videos that you're posting or you think an article posting? Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have an article about Samsung storage okay. uh, publishing storage tomorrow, but it's storage? not, not a video. No, um, uh, storage management on galaxy phones ah, peace. is okay. I feel like techies are talking trash about average consumers when they should be protecting average consumers instead. So it's one of the benefits of, of uh, going through like betas and stuff like that is looking at how, you know, like for example, there was the controversy over Samsung phones reporting in binary versus in base 10. Mm -hmm. And that made it look like, Eight, you know, 70 gigs of your storage were just Which gone. Was used, yeah, out of the use for internal. And then you've got Android commentators going, oh, this was such a non-issue and people complain because they're stupid. And you're like, you're the people that haters keep be reviewing that's, literally, that's all I heard average consumers. And now here you are trashing them and throwing average consumers under the bus. What's up? So I'm going to publish that article tomorrow. <laughs> I have um, I have a video under review at least for the bare minimum I know for sure um, I have a, the the Van Powers you uh, an e bike another e bike that I that I was sitting on for some time that I was backlog I'm running I'm I'm finishing up a backlog before 
October comes around because I know we're going to be like, there's going to be some conversations coming up. Uh, we're talking pixels. We're talking, uh, you know, we're talking, uh, Xiaomi has a launch event actually in a couple of weeks as well. The T series, it sounds like it's going to be coming out. Um, it's like, it's just, there's a lot of things coming up and those are the things we know of. Let's say that that's the things we know of. So I'm really excited to see what's coming up and hopefully that'll be one of my other videos coming up this week. And then shortly after that, I am going to be closing up my review on the tab S nine plus, uh, the connected nice. tablet from Samsung that I, yeah, that's great. Lie. It is one of the it's better good. options. Having a connected tablet yeah. is actually functional. More so than a connected watch, I'll say. I, I found that to be more functional for me because my watch, for the I most guess. part, I never leave without. But a tablet, um, especially when I was at uh, Kando, when I was at Utah traveling, all of that, downloading things on the go as I'm getting to the airport to download content to enjoy on the flight, absolutely an easy win. So those are that's pretty much the plan. And then hopefully I'll be able to share some more stuff about what's going on at this little thing I'm going down to for the next day or so. <laughs> Tease. I like it. I like it. Teasing so, um, the embargoes. <laughs> I will say thank you very much to everybody for kicking it with us. Um, I know we're on a different night. And of course, we have a, a very strong crew. Thank you very much. And thanks to Juan for, you know, roughing it with us this entire time with a couple of camera failures and he potentially losing his voice I'm for the sick, rest of the week. And it was I, in like 95 degrees. Uh, and, I, I think we're cooking. about leading up to um, is an easy stream starting and like. 15 minutes 15 minutes so uh i i think that was the original goal we tried to finish we started at four because we wanted to be ahead of the crew so that everybody that wants to go over and check it out and then basically you know jump on and enjoy the show there the audio version of this podcast will be up in the next day or so so i do want to say thank you very much for juan for helping us out with this we'll see you guys again next week for another episode and make sure to catch juan on monday for the sgtqa um as he'll be back hopefully with a refreshed voice after a nice little break hopefully from there. <laughs> not singing but he'll be back so yeah. take care everybody and uh we'll see you next time